The great brands out there have had a very forward thinking off-premise strategy. They've shifted a lot to digital so that the customer can trust that everything's contactless and frictionless. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at ovationup.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by TJ Shear. He is a multi-unit franchise owner for Witch Witch, over 20 years consultant in the hospitality industry, president of Smart Restaurant Group, co-host of Takeout Delivery and Catering Podcast on Foodable TV. He's authored four books and speaks around the country on guest service and how to win at restaurants. TJ, so glad that you've joined us today, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, make that I used to speak around the country uh, on how to build restaurants. It's, that's kind of gone away these days. So we do all this kind of Zoom stuff these days. Right, exactly. But hey, you know, you're reaching a national audience now, so <laughs> count it for 2020. Yeah, uh, still freaking flyer miles. Yeah, exactly. So TJ, tell us, uh, what do you do? What are you up to right now? Well, um, you know, with everything changing back in March, my speaking business went away. My restaurant uh, luckily has a drive-through, so uh, that, that's been okay, knock on wood. But uh, with the speaking business going away, it's really trying to figure out, one, how to run my restaurants better in this new environment that we're all facing, and then two, really what can we do as a trainer, a speaker, a consultant to help everybody in the industry build their business? Because I love, I've been in this business since I was 16, and I've been a trainer for a long time and I love helping people and really kind of getting the word out and sharing what works. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about that. What, what is working right now? I we, we've heard so much about the new normal and it's kind of here, right? This, this kind of is the new normal. Um, what things should restaurant owners be thinking about now? Like everyone's kind of gone through the crisis phase. They've tried a bunch of stuff, seen what sticks on the wall. Maybe some people are still a little bit freaked out about um, different channels and, you know, all these new ways to make revenue and am I doing enough? And, you know, everyone's having these feelings. Um, what should people be doing? Well, you know, I think it, it depends on the sector that you're in within the industry. Being in a QSR fast casual, you know, pizza and wings are killing it. Fat or casual dining's kind of coming back now that restaurants are reopening in the dining rooms. Um, the high-end restaurants have had the biggest struggle. So, you know, depending on what segment you're in, obviously, first and foremost, you've got to make sure you're doing off-premise and takeout because that the customers just become accustomed to that. I miss going to restaurants. I really just miss sitting in there as a customer and, you know, having a beer or sitting with your family or friends and just the social aspect of that. And that's gone for, for all intents and purposes for quite a while still. So I think really the great brands out there have had a very forward thinking off-premise strategy. They've shifted a lot to digital so that the customer can trust that everything's contactless and frictionless. Uh, it's very weird. I went through a drive-thru to Chick-fil-A and a Taco Bell recently to get your food handed to you in a shoebox. Uh, they're just trying not to, you know, minim they're minimizing how much they're touching the, the, the food for you or even the bag. And you know, I had to put my money. I was paying one of them in cash. I had to put it in a cup. Uh, I felt like I was donating to the homeless guy on the corner. It was, it was strange. Uh, it's so wow. different. So 
people are doing all kinds of different things, but I think one do off premise. Secondly, um, you need to redefine your steps of service. And I think for, for no matter what business you're in, the interaction points that we have with our guests are totally different now. They're minimized. So everybody needs to redefine those for our employees so they know how to deliver the service that the guests want in this environment. And then I think the third piece is really just as leaders, keep patting your staff on the back. They, they're going through so much pressure. We're all going through so much pressure. It's so uncertain and everybody's freaked out to some degree, but great leaders don't pass that pressure down to their teams. And so if you can really just leave your problems at the door outside and uh, hang them on that problem tree in front of your restaurant, come in and just really just focus on, you know, pumping up your teams, reassuring them that things are going to be all right. It's going to be tough, but it's different. And, uh, and just get them trying to focus on what we're doing with this new kind of line of business and how we take care of the guests. That's, that's really all you can do these days. So let's unpack some of those off premise and takeout. Um, what, what do people do if they don't have a restaurant, if they don't have a drive through, like how, how do you, how do you really capitalize on that? Yeah, there's the, if you don't have a drive through it makes it a little more inconvenient for the guest or the customer. The thing I've noticed in, in both my restaurant and talking to others is the phone started ringing off the hook again, which who would have thought we'd ever need a QR code to do, uh, you know, order in a restaurant nowadays because everybody's not putting menus on the table or like with the case of the, people are calling to place orders, which is just, it's a shocker to me. So, um, you know, I think when you, when you think about that, if you don't have a drive-through, you can look at doing an auto attendant for your phone because your phone orders are going to pick up. You need to quickly get a curbside strategy so that the customer doesn't have to come into your restaurant and uh, pick up the food because again, it's more inconvenient for them. It's more contact between you and them. And so, really to just kind of do our part from a safety standpoint in the COVID environment, the less contact we can have, the better. Uh, and so get a curbside strategy going. You have to get digital very quickly. If you don't have online ordering or a web app, there, there's so many vendors right now that are trying to get into this space to help everybody that you can get started pretty quickly. You can get started very inexpensively because even Google as an example, Google's got a tablet that you can do to set up digital orders. Even if you don't have online ordering for your site, it's free and they're doing it for free for the rest of the year. So oh, there's wow. a lot of, there's a lot of tools out there that people can use that are very inexpensive and free if they don't have it today. Um, but again, I think you just need to define as a brand, where are your interaction points going to be with your, with your customer or guest? Uh, most of them are going to be outside the restaurant and then, get creative. You see Chick-fil-A throwing people outside to take orders because they're, they need to get the orders in as fast as possible. I've seen restaurants with pop-up tents, like the little uh -huh. 10 by 10 tents right outside. Yep. And it's kind of like a makeshift drive-through. So landlords seem to be very flexible these days. They're letting us put signs up for dedicated parking spots when in the past they might not have. So uh, study what the great ones are doing. That's what our podcast is all about. And that's what our consulting really is kind of focused on is educating people what's out there and, and then go out there, ask if you need permission from the landlord or something. And then you've got to really communicate to your guests, the great brands out there when you're doing email blast to your, your guests or digital ads, you're talking about the safety and sanitation procedures because it's all about trust these days. And the, the guests that can trust certain restaurants, we're going to go there and they're going to continue to go there. Yeah, totally. And, and I think that one of the things that I've been seeing a lot from restaurants as well is 
this is not a short-term strategy. Like this is, this is the next normal. We're there. And part of this curbside, this online ordering, these things that TJ's that you're talking about, this is absolutely here to stay. And the way that one of the things I've seen that has really shown that is the fact that people are repainting parking lot lines, right? I've seen that all over with these forward thinking restaurants. The lines are getting redrawn metaphorically and literally. Um, Drive-through lanes are no longer like a little short thing, but they're painting two lanes. McDonald's is ripping up parking lots and putting in additional space. Like this, this isn't a short-term fix. And I think that, um, anyone who's listening to this is listening because they're looking for long-term solutions. And I think that, uh, you know, TJ's talked about it. Multiple guests have talked about it. Um, we need to metaphorically repaint our parking lot lines and rethink how we're doing the business because you're absolutely right. You know, phone orders, you know, that that's something uh, that probably is going to stay around the online ordering. Absolutely. Working with your landlords, finding that technology, love those ideas, TJ, because that's what's required for everyone to succeed and for restaurants to stay around. And so love that. Yeah. I think there's really two things. One, all this was happening before the pandemic, you know, Chipotle, Wingstop, some of these brands, Domino's is an example. They have been industry leaders. Panera is another one that comes to mind. They have been on the forefront of this for a year or two, pushing digital ordering, pushing curbside, pushing contactless, getting creative with third parties and those kind of things. And so when the pandemic hit, all it did was force everybody that was behind to scramble to try and catch up. And so, you know, the, the leaders in the industry were already there. Chick-fil-A was doing double drive throughs Whataburger, McDonald's, like you mentioned. They were already thinking of those things. But us little guys, you know, we see that, but we, we don't have the money to do that or didn't really have the need to do that exactly. until the, you know, when the pandemic hit. Then it's like, holy bleep, i got to figure this out really quick. And so what I tell everybody really to do is just kind of shake the etch-a-sketch in your head. You know, you described it as kind of repainting the parking lot. Do it, if you shake that at your sketch and kind of get rid of your, your preconceived notions, it's kind of like when you're a kid doing a maze. Don't start at the beginning. Don't start with where you are today because you're going to start at the beginning of the maze. You're, you're going to make some wrong terms. Look at what it looks like at the end. What do you want that perfect consumer experience to be? There are brands like Little Caesars that are doing pickup lockers like you see for Amazon at FedEx or uh, you see even at Home Depot and Walmart and a lot of the retail places. Define what it is that you want your consumer experience to be and then just work backwards from there. Um, because, yeah, you got to just paint a whole new parking lot these days. And um, it, the good news is it can be done very inexpensively. It, it doesn't require a ton of money. It just requires a little bit of creative thinking. And, and probably ultimately and most importantly, it's the manager just getting his or her etch-a-sketch picture that he has drawn today shaken to start over. And I think that that goes right along with the second point that you were making is redefining the steps of service. Um, talk to us a little bit about how, how do we go about doing that? Um, again, I think it's kind of starting at the end. What do you want that perfect guest experience to look like? And it's, it's certainly different from fine dining to, to QSR. But, you know, if you look at a old, my, my business, an example, so I'm a, I'm a franchisee, a witch, which I have a drive through in, in the old days, February, um, it was 70. Whoa, February. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> February. It seems like it's been years, but, uh, it's only been six or seven months, but I had 70%, uh, 
dine-in business, 10% online ordering, 20% drive-through. Now I'm about 70% drive-through, 25% online ordering and third party and 5% dine-in. And so in the, in the past where I really had to work with my staff on focused on how to take care of that dine-in guest, now it's, it's more, in, in a lot of ways it's easier because I have a, with a drive-through, I have an order point when they're placing an order through a speaker and when they're picking it up. So I have less interaction with the guests. Online orders, boy, if I'm lucky, I have one interaction point with the guest when they pick up their food. And heck, if you look at Panera and Chipotle and those guys, they just have a, a metro shelving rack that you just go in and pick up your food. They don't even have any contact with yeah. it at all. You know, so it, it's really where the employees are were so uncertain is everything is so different from a work experience. They used to talk to customers and they would come in and interact with them and you know, I got my haircut today as an example. It's on 50% at the, at the haircutting place. And you can tell I don't spend a lot of money on my hair, but I was talking to- Looks the, great, TJ. Was not as good as yours though, but um, <laughs> I was talking to the lady cutting my hair because it's every other booth, you know? And so it's, I said, how's it going here? She says, we're all on part-time. You know, it's really tough. I'm going to have to get another job because it's all on reservations. We don't allow walk-ins and you know, I called yesterday to get a reservation. I couldn't get one until today at 9 a.m. And I walked out of there at 9.25 and there was nobody in the place. And this place is busy, normally pre-pandemic. And so you sit there and these employees are just, they don't know what to do because if the, the reservation doesn't show up, they have nothing to do. So, yeah, you know, I think if we can really define what the service points are for our customer or for our employees, so they know how to take care of the customers, Things like order accuracy have taken a whole new meaning because so many of our customers are eating away from our restaurant. We can't fix those issues. When in the past, most of them were eating in and it was an easy fix. So things like that, you have to redefine for your employees, highlight how important it is, simple basic things like making sure everything's there. Um, to, and then also I think the other thing the restaurants have been forced to do is look at packaging and limiting their menu because certain foods don't travel well. You know, a pizza eaten 30 minutes later after you make it or French fries or something that's sitting in gravy, uh, restaurants have had to really redefine the steps of production service to make sure that the food's at least a little better when it gets to the guests because they're eating so much later. And one thing to do is, you know, we've had people on here before that talk about having a customer board of advisors. Um, make sure that you're ordering your own food, giving that a shot. Because especially things that you know could be problematic like French fries, buns, um, any sort of baked dough I, that causes a lot of problems, especially when you're using like plastic to go containers and that captures and traps that moisture in there. Um, you got to watch out for that. It's, it's going to, it's going to create that negative guest experience. And right now we cannot afford to, to lose customers. Yeah, you're right. And I think that, again, the savvy operators have already cut down their menus. They've, they've limited some of the things that they used to sell because they don't travel well. I see others uh, making meal kits. So as an example, you can get a dessert kit, make your own donut, make your own pizza, build your own dessert. Uh, to San Diablo little... Churros, they're doing, uh, they do nationwide delivery of uh, take and bake churros. And I bought them and they're phenomenal, right? It's, it's yeah. one of those things that you, you got to try new things. I talked to a nationwide yogurt brand who they're looking to ship yogurt. And uh, I mean, kudos to them. I don't know if it's going to work, but I hope it does. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think people are, you got to test some stuff. Not everything's going to work. And, you know, I'm sure when Amazon started, Barnes and Noble wasn't worried about them, but 
look what happened. You know, when you can get something from a place anywhere, some of the benefits of the pandemic may be just what you described. You may be able to mail order your food somewhere and, and get your brand out there far beyond just a couple mile radius around your restaurant. Um, and so, yeah, there's been a lot of challenges that the restaurants have had to face in regards to, you know, packaging and those kind of things. I know in, in franchised brands, that's some of the frustration because the franchisees feel the pain, the franchisor may or may not have the urgency, uh, and, and, and rightfully so, they're probably hesitant to cut down the menu because they're worried about making guests upset if they take something off the menu. However, we're in this thing six, seven months now. It's, it's not going to change. You look at Chili's just launched a wing brand, okay? It's a virtual ghost kitchen brand. Yeah. This consumer today doesn't care who they're buying the thing from in a lot of cases as long as they trust them and the food's good. So we just have to kind of get out of our preconceived notions that we have to keep everything for everybody and make it simple. I know when I talk to the third-party aggregators, the simpler your menu, the more orders you get. The customer just wants to hit the easy button, get some food, wait for them. Um, and I think it's funny, uh, one of the guys I had talked to, he owns a barbecue place in Philly. What he was telling his consumers is he would they would come to pick up the food or be curbside, but then he'd say, hey, look, how far do you live from here? Oh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Hey, you know what? Tell somebody at home to turn the oven on 450. And when you get home, place this in the oven for about five minutes at 450 because it's going to be so much better, just like you ate it here. And so, again, think about, like you said earlier, order your own food. Try things like that. Because if you happen to sell French fries, great. There's no way they're going to be good 10 minutes later. But if you can reheat them and tell the customer to do that when, you know, they got the oven preheated so when they leave there, it's ready and hot. They can just throw in the, the item in there for a few minutes. It's going to make your food taste that much better. The customer's going to trust you because you're looking out for them. And those are the little type of things that can really help you thrive in this environment instead of just survive. All right, TJ, here are my key takeaways. One, off-premise takeout is here to stay. So take advantage of technology that's available right now. Two, redefine your steps of service. Work backwards. Start with the end in mind and to, to create that perfect guest experience in today's world. Three, uh, keep patting your, your staff on the back. Help them to realize what they're doing well because the rules have changed and they might not fully know it yet. Four, test stuff out. Keep testing it out. Not everything's gonna work and that's okay. Um, but even things like letting people know how to order, uh, how to preheat, reheat your food once they get home, it's, it's a great idea to help customers know you have their back. And then lastly, um, I love that really practical advice of make your menu simpler because the, if you have a simpler menu on a, on, for DSP, um, you're going to get more orders. TJ, thank you so much for joining us today. How do people find you, follow you? Um, they can go to tjshear.com, which is a little bit hard to spell. So I always tell everybody, just go to cateringdomination.com and you can find out all the information about us right there. All right, TJ. Well, for, uh, for still speaking around the world, although digitally and helping uh, restaurants and franchisees understand what to do to win a restaurant, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you, TJ. All right. Hey, I appreciate it, Zach. Great talking to you guys. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.